Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. And today we're going to talk about something that we deal with each and every day in the medical practices that we work with. And that is what do you do when somebody sends you an email and says, hey, I need a file in an EPS or an AI or a bitmap. And you really don't have a clue what they're talking about. I mean, do you ever encounter this, Corey? I think I deal with that almost every single day. <laughs> yeah, and I usually say, Corey, take care of this for us. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and you know, it's something where, like, if you're not a graphic designer and you're not familiar with this stuff, I mean, there's nowhere – no one's really teaching you this. Uh, so you don't have to feel bad about it. But, you know, it's just uh, – it's a common thing that we see where someone says, hey, I need a vector file. And, and then the marketing person that we're dealing with goes, I don't know what that is. Do you have any idea? <laughs> Yeah, we deal with it all the time. So what we thought we would do today is run down a list of um, possible file types that you might be asked to provide to somebody and, you know, kind of talk about why you would send this type of file and what it's kind of for. And so let's get started with one that we get asked all the time. And I, I really don't even know that I know the answer right now. And it's, Corey, what's the difference between a vector versus like a raster file? Okay. Um, that, that's pretty easy. So typically anything that's online, like a, a JPEG or a PNG, that's a raster image. So raster means basically that the image is constructed with pixels. So if you're dealing with a designer or if you ever like, if you're trying to, to create a graphic or even, even a photo and you try and blow it up real big, and you know how it gets kind of blurry or pixelated? Sometimes they toss that term around. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's called pixelated essentially because that image is set to be a specific size. And then when you when you blow it up, um, those dimensions are no longer valid. And it, the computer is just trying to show you the best image that it can. And it shows up kind of blurry. And so so it's a raster image. They I don't know why they call it that. But essentially what you have to remember, raster means that it's constructed um, with pixels. So it's set to be a specific size. Vector, on the other hand, is um, basically anything that can be stretched really big or made really small. So a vector image, those are typically EPS files, AI files, PDF files, the stuff that designers usually ask for. And um, they like them so much because you can make a vector file as small as like a stamp or you can blow it up and put it on a billboard. So, so for example, like when we have clients that are going to trade shows or getting really large graphics done, we're always asked to provide a vector file. Is that because it can get really big and that way the printers um, make sure they don't distort it? Right. So not only can it get really big, but um, if you have to give it to a sign company, like if you're getting ready for a trade show or you're updating something for a health fair or whatever, um, that printer can then manipulate it as they need and it doesn't... Um, it doesn't distort the quality. Awesome. So raster is pretty much online stuff. Vector is potentially for large scale print if they need it to be. Um, yeah, with a few caveats, but yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. 
Okay, cool. So, all right, so the next one, can you tell me the difference in sending a high resolution versus a low resolution file? Oh yeah, that's one that we hear all the time. Um, specifically with headshots, it seems like that's always like a sticking point. Um, cause, so online, let's use the example of headshots. Like on your website, you'll have a low resolution headshot. But if you wanted to print that, you know, let's say you're getting ready to do like a rack card for a new doctor, well then you have to send the high resolution shot. And the, the difference is basically in the DPI or the, the dots per inch in how something is printed. And basically online things are just size smaller so the websites load quicker. And so most things online are set around 72 DPI. And if you're gonna print something, it's around 300 DPI. So basically just um, the more dots per inch, the better something is going to look. So that's really the difference between low and high resolution. So high resolution is a bigger file and it'll look uh, better when it's bigger and low resolution is smaller and um, loads faster Wow, it seems like you you really need to be organized when it comes to all of your different logo options I mean, I know that what we do is we put it into um, and correct me if I'm wrong Don't we put it into like a folder and we say all right? This is a, a low res. This is a high res. This is an AI. This is an EPS. This is a JPEG um, this is a PDF, but you really need to be organized, it sounds like. Yeah, and I would say that organization is, is key to this. You're absolutely right, because um, so many times when you need something, if you don't have things properly labeled or you don't really know where they are, that's when you can run into a problem. Um, like you mentioned you mentioned logos, and um, I would say for everybody listening, make sure that you have all of the source files for all of your logos or any of your brand images and things like that. Uh, so you can send them out whenever you need to. And that's something I think a lot of practices miss out on is they hire a design firm, they'll put the logo or the website or whatever the case may be together, and they don't ask for those final files or they get them and then lose them or don't download them. And then when they need them, like two years later, they have no idea where they are or how to get to the originals. Well, what they do is they do a search in their Outlook (laughs) And that's how they find the most recent files. And I've encountered this more than once. So let's talk about the different extension types and when you might want to use them. Um, Can you start off with um, JPEGs? Yeah, so I think JPEGs are probably um, the most common. So that's when it's JPEG or JPG. They're the exact same thing. Um, You see those all the time on the web, most likely any type of image that's in like Microsoft Office or on a website somewhere in a letterhead, whatever, um, that's gonna be a JPEG. So those are, um, they can be used for projects when you print at a high resolution. Um, usually they're, they're put into one of those bigger design files like we mentioned earlier um, and we'll talk about later like an EPS or an AI file. Um, the images in those kinds of files are JPEGs. It's the most common thing that you'll see. So your doctor's headshots, pictures of your uh, office locations, those are all JPEGs. Awesome. What about PNGs? So PNGs are almost the exact same thing for all intents and purposes. Um, but basically PNGs, they're, they're called lossless, meaning you can edit them and not lose quality. So usually they're um, preferred to a JPEG in, in most instances. And a lot of times um, what you'll run across is, um, let's say you have your logo in a JPEG, uh, it'll actually be on a white background, and uh, typically PNGs are on no background. So that's really the big difference that I think in everyday use you probably want to remember is that uh, if you need to 
put your logo on something, let's say you're trying to design something real quick or in Microsoft Word or PowerPoint or whatever, uh, the, the PNG will not have a background and the JPEG will. Okay, good good information. So yeah. when you're saving them out, do you just save them like as a like a file name dot png or dot jpeg, and that's how it saves out, or is there something special you have to do? Um, you can save them like that, but if you're changing the file extension, it's a whole big mess. But you like like we said earlier, when you get them from your designer or whoever, they're they're gonna send you a jpeg and they're gonna send you a png. So just make sure if you are gonna um re uh, label them, just make sure that you have so you, it's gonna say jpeg, it's gonna say png, but you might want to put background no background that would kind of be our pro tip okay that's a great way to great way to approach it all right so what about is it gif or gif what about that i say gif um okay because that's what like the uh, the guy that invented it came out and said it's supposed to be gif like the peanut butter um but gif is is also um acceptable and those are those really cool like moving images you see that you probably text back and forth um that you can have way too much fun with <laughs> oh yeah yeah um so a gif it, in common like everyday practice you're you might not use them, uh, but if if you do, then you'll know it's a GIF because it's one going to have uh, the file type .gif, and then on top of that, it will move. So if it's not moving, then it's not working, and that's not the right file. So easy to remember there. Okay, okay. What about a TIFF? So a TIFF, and you see that sometimes as TIF, sometimes it's also TIFF, but okay. basically that is a large raster file that doesn't lose quality. Um, so it's really good when saving photographs for print. Not necessary though, because you can still use a really big JPEG. Um, normally you don't see this file type on the web at all. Uh, one, because they take forever to load. And two, it's just more common and um, more search friendly to use a JPEG. But sometimes you'll see documents saved as TIFFs and sometimes you'll see um, you know, like older photos kind of saved as, as TIFFs. But, if you ever see one of those, it will open, it will work just like a JPEG, so it's nothing to be afraid of. And and you can save it as a TIF or TIFF, and it makes no difference. Okay, good. Good information, good to know. I don't think I've seen a TIFF file in a long time. Yeah. Um, what about a PSD? Isn't that a Photoshop document? Yep, exactly. So PSDs are Photoshop documents. They're created, they're saved, they're edited all within Adobe Photoshop. So what we run into a lot of times is, uh, let's say we're working on a project and there's four or five people involved. Someone at some point will probably send a PSD file and then someone will respond within five minutes and say, I don't know what this is, I can't open it. So if that's you, you don't have to worry about it. It just means you don't have Photoshop on your computer. Um, but Photoshop, for those of you that don't know, it's one of the most popular graphic and editing software that's out there. Um, it's super, super powerful and super, super confusing. Um, so Photoshop's uh, documents are made of layers and you can modify different layers to change the way that photos look. So if you ever see, um, if you get your, uh, let's say you get like photos of, of your doctors together in a big group, and they're on, you know, let's say they're like standing in front of a building. And then if you give that to a designer and then it comes back and there's no background behind them or they're on, everyone's on like a, like a gray background or whatever. That was something that's done within Photoshop. So that original file is a .psd, but you may get it as a JPEG or a PNG. If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And we like to leave the Photoshopping to the professional designer. So it's just easier. <laughs> right. It's just easier. Okay, so what about a um, a PDF? This is what I'm most familiar with. 
Yeah, so PDFs, um, they're actually invented by Adobe, which I didn't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but so PDFs, uh, they work for pretty much anything. Usually if you have to review some sort of uh, proof for print, like if you're going to get a banner done or you're working on some trade show material, they're gonna the printer's going to send that over in a PDF form for proofing. Um, basically, a PDF is it's really versatile and it allows you to view exactly what something is going to look like. You might actually see these, um, sometimes when you get them back for proofing, you'll see that they have like colored blocks around the top and then they have what's called uh, crop marks on the edges. And this is a common thing basically just showing that when you see that file, it means that part of the document is gonna get cut off. So you can ignore that part, just know that um, the file is actually, the, the printed piece is gonna be a little bit bigger than what you're seeing and then they cut that part off so that's why it looks kind of funny okay that makes sense yeah and yeah that's your we always hear about you know send me a low-res pdf so i can prove it or the high-res print ready exactly yep awesome okay so what is an eps file so eps it's a file in a vector format that's basically designed to produce some sort of high resolution graphic for print again this is something that only the designers kind of mess with and if you ever come across an eps file that's sent your way uh, nine out of ten times you're probably not going to be able to open it um, but really almost any kind of design software can create an eps or, or edit an eps or view one um, it's a universal file type, kind of like a PDF, so it can be used to open uh, vector or raster artwork. Um, super flexible, um, and if you ever see one of these, know that it's essentially a PDF um, for your purposes, and if you can open it, cool. If not, ask them for a JPEG or a PDF that you can look at. No, absolutely. That's and I've done that many times. Hmm. What about what about an AI file? This is one that caught me by surprise until recently when I had to start working with them more. Yeah, so AI files, um, similar to a Photoshop document, how that's a PSD, which means it's specific for use in Photoshop. AI means that it's specific for use in Adobe Illustrator. Uh, so this is one of the most preferred formats for designers because. Um, odds are during a design project they'll create something in Illustrator so what will happen is let's say we've got a photo of all of your doctors uh, so they'll edit that photo in Photoshop then they'll take that photo and put it into Adobe Illustrator and then create the flyer that that they're working on with that photo in Illustrator so the programs kind of work together so PSD is the photo AI is kind of like the source document itself Does that make sense I think it does, but this is why we also pay designers and we yes. don't do this ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, basically you can just look at it as Illustrator is kind of um, the standard for creating artwork from scratch and PSD is just the photos. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. So the last one, and I think it's another Adobe product. What about an INDD file? Yeah. IND or INDD is um, Adobe InDesign. These are files that are created and saved to work with uh, specifically, again, with, with InDesign. And if you notice, there's a common thread here in that Adobe kind of has, they, they uh, own the market here. So good on Adobe for that. Um, but Essentially, InDesign, it's it's used to create larger publications or, or magazines. So if you're working on like a printed newsletter or something like that, odds are that was created within InDesign. So just like the um, Illustrator files will work on like a, a flyer or a brochure, the InDesign is more like newspaper, magazine, um, ebook, those kinds of things. Okay. All right. I got it. 
So, so it sounds like Adobe has the corner on the market, like you said. Oh yeah. Um, I think for the most purposes of our audience, it's probably PDFs, JPEGs, maybe EPS files, you know, AI PNGs, files yeah. when they're getting things printed and PNGs. And some of these other ones might even be above their head because I know they're above my head a lot of times. <laughs> I only familiarize myself with what I have to familiarize myself with. But if somebody wants to go and get this list um, that they can keep kind of as a as a cheat sheet on their desk, what can they do to get that? Yeah, so actually, if you guys check out the show notes for this episode, we're going to have a link to a little checklist that we made that lists each one of these out and also kind of explains what they are. So if you ever need like a quick reference guide, we're going to have that uh, for easy download for you. Awesome, awesome. Oh, Corey, as always, thank you so much. And this is Jennifer with Dr. Marketing Tips. And this is Corey. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.